Oh, shoot. Let me look up the name. I have the scientific name, but I think it's... What page was it? I'm looking at my insect behavior book. They just give me the scientific name. Come on. Oh, okay. Welcome to Fauna Facts, where we talk about interesting things about animals that you hopefully don't already know, and hopefully it'll be funny as well as informative. I'm Grace. And I'm Mads. And today we have a special themed episode (laughs) on nuptial gifts. Yes. So we're both going to be talking about nuptial gifts. So nuptial gifts are... Well, gifts that animals, males, give to their partners when they're trying to get females to mate with them or while they're mating with females. So sometimes something they can eat. Sometimes it can be part of the spermatophor that they transfer to the female during mating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is pretty common with insects. But actually, my first example is not in insects. I'm pretty proud of myself for finding another one. (laughs) so do you know what a shrike is is that a bird yeah so it's this bird that it impales its prey on sharp things cactus spines or spines on trees it can be barbed wire and then it stores prey but the males will actually give gifts to the females in order to get the females to mate with them Mm -hmm. and what's interesting is like so these birds, they, they form pairs for the season. And so the males help take care of the babies and they feed the mom while she's on the nest. So they'll get her grasshoppers and stuff. But they have did some research and they found that there's this thing in birds called extra pair copulation, which in humans you would call cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so... They sneak away and mate with a bird that they're not going to raise those babies. And then the female go back to the nest and she'll have some other male bird help raise birds that aren't his. Like, kids that aren't his. Or not kids, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, so when that happens, they still need to give a gift. And these researchers found that they gave better gifts, like higher in calories, to these extra pair mates. Wait, so they gave better gifts to the mates that they weren't going to raise the children with? Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense, because if you're a female bird and you're like, okay, you gave me a grasshopper, how will you give me a mouse? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm risking a lot here. Right? I mean, it's 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 risky because if they get caught by their partner, then there's a chance that he's not going to help raise the babies anymore. But I thought he never was going to help raise them. No, if oh, if they get caught by their their socially monogamous partner, not very monogamous. Oh, the, I I read the paper and it said these <laughs> birds are socially monogamous, but. Not always. Humans are socially monogamous. We're supposed to be, I guess, but um, (laughs) that doesn't mean 
that doesn't mean much. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was my first example. Interesting. And then I do have a bug example. <laughs> or an insect example. So, have you heard of blister beetles? Mm, I don't think so. So, in the United States, the ones I've seen around here are black. And they're called blister beetles because they have the secretion that can make you blister. It's kind of bad. So the males can secrete this thing called cantharidin, um, and the females can't. And so she'll go up to a male and say, like, and he has this little gland on his forehead, and so she can say, like, oh, you have this chemical cantharidin, and then she'll want to mate with him, and they'll mate, and he'll transfer it to her. And why she wants it is because it goes into her eggs, and then it protects against ants. Hmm. Yeah, and it's so for people, it causes blisters. It's not good. Ants don't like it either. They don't want to eat the eggs. But also, people have been using cantharidin as Spanish fly. So I don't, I've never used this, but apparently it's an aphrodisiac that just makes you have an erection for a really long time. Oh. But yeah, but it's also, um, it's really bad for you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's ant killers. <laughs> like, I just, uh, don't use it, like, people out there. So I thought that was interesting. We learned about that in, in yeah, we learned about that in entomology and insect behavior. Mostly about, like, the mating behavior of blister beetles, but it has a little bit of human interest, <laughs> too. So... Human disinterest. Yeah. Like, more of a warning. Don't be dumb. (laughs) It's, like, sexy for beetles, not for people. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yes. I have a lot of... actually have a a lot of nuptial gift stories, but... I think you should keep going. It's only been, like... Really? (laughs) Okay, I can't tell if you're interested or not in this. I am! I have my own nuptial gift story, so of course I'm interested. Yeah. Well, let's see. Oh, so I guess I talked a little bit about cantharidin. And so, one of, yeah, one of the benefits that females get from mating with these males with nuptial gifts is they get a lot of nutrients. But, yeah, they also get protection for their eggs. They can also get protection themselves from predators. Hmm. So, the scarlet-bodied wasp moth. That's a really long name. So, they look kind of like wasps, but they're moths. Mm-hmm. They spend their caterpillar days eating hemp vine, which isn't very poisonous. But they notice that the males will hang out on dog fennel, which actually has a lot of alkaloids, um, which are pretty nasty tasting and poisonous. You don't want to eat them. And it looked like they were trying to eat the liquid that the plant secreted or just, I don't know, tasting it all the time. Hmm. So, like, hmm, maybe this male is, you know, trying to get some alkaloids from the plant, even though it can't chew it. I guess it's just sucking it up, which is kind of strange for moths. And another thing about this moth is when it mates with a female, it has this wispy, white, they call it flocculent, because it looks kind of like wool, that it just spreads over the female, like, covers her in this net of this stuff. What? And then they'll mate for up to nine hours. What? (laughs) How long do they live? I I don't know. I mean, 
the payoff is really big, though, because they're like, hey, maybe he's, like, trying to transfer some of his alkaloids to this, this female because she doesn't, maybe she doesn't have any. And so he found that, yes, males that feed on dog fennel, if they put them in spider webs and the spiders did not want to eat them, usually they cut them out of their web. What? Yeah. And then they put females in the web and the females that had, that were not mated got eaten by spiders. The females that had mated with males that had not fed on dog fennel or were given, that were not giving alkaloids were eaten by spiders. But the females that had been mated by males that fed on the alkaloids were cut out of the web. Whoa. Yeah, you mate for nine hours and then you gain spider immunity. <laughs> but why don't why don't the females just eat the dog fennel? I don't know. There might be I mean, I think it might hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> this is just me speculating. Okay. But I think it's costly. Like, it's pretty energetic to have to find all that stuff, right? Hmm. So that's the adaptive reasoning. Or maybe that's not the mechanism behind it. The mechanism is that females aren't attracted to dog fennel, so they don't eat it. And males are. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, like, the not-so-good answer. But, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure why. If you have a partner that will do it for you, don't waste energy to get. Because, I mean, they can't lay eggs unless they mate, so just have your partner. That's part of the nuptial gift, right? It makes your male more attractive. Mm -hmm. So, like, you don't have to waste your energy gathering that energy. So, in some species, they mate for such a long time because they're getting all the nutrients that the male stored up and has in his spermatophore. Wow. I mean, that's a way to live. Yeah. Yeah. So it happens a lot in insects and stuff. I'm sure there's other examples in vertebrates that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're pretty cool. They are. Our butterflies that we study do that a little bit. I don't think their nuptial gifts are as big as some others, but they do do it. Mm-hmm. How does a shrike, so does a shrike, like, pick up a mouse and, like, throw it? I mean, I feel a little gross asking because it's not my favorite mental image, but, like, they pick up a mouse and throw it against a cactus? Or what? How do they? I I don't know if they, I think they kill them first and then just store them on spikes. Yeah, I think they've already killed them. And then, yeah, they just store them on the spiky things. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they have them here in Arkansas, but I haven't seen any yet. Hmm. I always look at barbed wire fences, so I, if I can see a strike. Really? Not seen any yet. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what photo you include. <laughs> Do you want to see that photo? Well, I don't want. I just, I just meant, I just meant of the shrike, not of a shrike with its <laughs> dead prey impaled on a cactus or a whatever. I mean, they do eat grasshoppers and things, so yeah, that I could handle. That I could handle. Yeah, I won't send you any dead mouse pictures, even though I'd be pretty excited to see it. I would be very sad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that'd be that'd be pretty exciting. 
Well, do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. I'm excited to hear what you found. Okay, so I... (laughs) Mine involves a vertebrate and an insect together. Mm. Indeed. So this is in the Brazilian Amazon, where you can find a lot of weird things going on. But I think in the past year... There was a scientist who was a herpetologist, uh, Leandro Morias, I believe. He was walking along, oh, sorry, no, it's 2017. He was walking along in November 2017 in the Brazilian Amazon, and he came across a fist-sized moth sticking its tongue into a sleeping bird's eyeball. Fist-sized moth? Mm-hmm. That's... That's, there's a lot in that sentence that I'm unpacking. <laughs> a fist-sized moth sticking its tongue into a sleeping bird's eyeball. Oh, I think you sent me a photo of this. Maybe I did. It looks pretty gross. It's pretty gross. I mean, I think it's cool, but it's also a little off-putting. <laughs> I mean, yes. So he was combing the banks of... A river in northwestern Brazil looking for amphibians and reptiles, obviously as a herpetologist. And he shined his light on a black-chinned ant bird, and it was dozing on a low branch. And then Marias noticed a big brown moth, Gorgone macarea, sorry, I don't know Latin, which is a type of tiger moth clinging to this bird's neck. And from its perch, the insect had kind of snaked its proboscis into the bird's shut eyelid, seemingly lapping up any leaking tears. Okay. And then later that night, he saw another black-chinned ant bird being probed by the same kind of tiger moth, and neither tear donor seemed bothered by the intrusion. They stayed still, they kept sleeping, and... It's so weird that it's the same kind of bird. Yeah. Okay. So it's called Lacrophagy? Lacrophagy? It's apparently insects drinking the tears of (laughs) animals. And there's previous accounts of this in Madagascar and Colombia. And basically what's happening is these moths have very fleeting adult lifespans that, as we've discussed, revolve around finding a mate, winning over that mate, and eventually reproducing. And they engage in this behavior called puddling, which you might know because apparently also butterflies do it, Mm -hmm. where they drink copious amounts of salty liquids to create a little nugget. Nugget? (laughs) It's called a... Nugget? A little nugget, it says. Okay. It's like a little nugget of salt, basically. Mm -hmm. They're drinking up these salty tears to make a little thing of salt, which they then produce as their nuptial gift. But it's... Probably, I mean, I think it's probably part of the spermatophore. Right. It says it's um, stored beside the sperm, so when it comes time for engagement in that way, the female can snack on the salt or save it for the future offspring. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty... We watched, I remember in intro to, or what is it, Fundamentals of Entomology, we watched this, I think it was called wild butterflies or wicked butterflies this guy told us this this video this guy 
in South America. He was going around getting trash and rotting fruit and things for butterflies. And the last stop was the outhouse to get urine. I think it was, I mean, it was supposed to be comedic. But yeah, (laughs) they definitely like eating gross things like urine, dead animals. (laughs) See them puddling them out because they're salty and they need that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Yeah, but apparently... So apparently they do get the salt from mammal and reptile tears, but apparently it's pretty unusual to see birds as the targets. Hmm. But they're not sure if that's because a bulk of the activity happens at night and is overlooked, or if it's because their tears are only harvested when other sources are scarce. So, like, maybe if there's less water around, they find other places to puddle, like you're saying. Yeah. I think that just sounds so risky, though. <laughs> I mean, can you, I don't know how big these, how big is this bird? Well, the thing, okay, so it's good you bring that up because apparently ant birds have large eyes and gentle dispositions. So they're kind of an, oh. <laughs> so they're kind of an easy snack. And their okay. tears might also hold essential proteins like albumin which certain tiger moths are able to digest. And so it's unlikely that the bird is getting anything in exchange, but so far it doesn't seem like the bird is being harmed in any way. Albumin. Why would that be in... Oh, I didn't know that was in tears. I don't know. I'll send you um a video of it, though, later. Yeah. Huh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if the maybe ant birds are just really deep sleepers or something. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, well, it's really funny because, like, looking at this picture, the tiger moth, I mean, with its wingspan, it's definitely smaller than the ant bird, but it's not tiny compared to the ant bird. <laughs> it's a yeah, pretty big moth. I just moth. think it sounds, it sounds risky as an insect to drink the tears of something called an ant bird. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a really good point. I guess if they're eating if they're eating ants, then they're probably not eating big maw. I don't know. Hmm. I looked it up, though. It is a cute-looking bird. Yeah, it really is. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I have for nuptial gifts. Me too. I think probably one of my parents sent me that article about the tiger moth yeah i remember that photo is it was a little disturbing (laughs) just because you know when you see like something getting their eye its eye juice sucked at it's kind of like (laughs) hard not to flinch a little bit it's very true i certainly feel that way (laughs) yeah but i feel like you always give me crap for thinking things are gross i mean just because it's gross doesn't mean it's not cool okay i can agree with that yeah like the spider thing, I feel bad about that <laughs> because, I mean, I think part of me thinks it's kind of gross, but I also am super excited about it. And sometimes I forget that people don't get excited about things. They just think they're gross. And so <laughs> this is one of those times where I'm like, mm, gross, but also very cool. This one is arguably less violent. Yeah. No one dies. No, I mean, it's probably, it's probably fine. Yeah, no one dies that we know of. (laughs) All right, should I, should I wrap it up? Yeah, I guess so. Awesome. 
Well, this has been Fauna Facts with Grace and Matt. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to see some visuals, you can check us out on Instagram at Fauna Facts Podcast or our blog at faunafactspodcast.blogspot.com. And if you are listening to this via iTunes or an Apple product, because I still have not figured out the Android situation, please rate us five stars, subscribe. You can leave a review if you want. You can email us at faunafactspodcast at gmail.com or just, you know, talk to us. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.